0: today on CityCast Philly. If you're sneezing and sniffling a lot right now, you're not alone. So many people's allergies are in high gear this spring. Lead producer Laura Benchoff is talking with a local expert on why allergy season started early this year and what you can do about it. It's Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Trenine Uri, and here's what Philly's talking about.
1: So, Dr. Mark Goldstein, you're a board-certified allergist and immunologist with the Asthma Center. That's a practice with several locations around our region. And I wanted to ask you, you know, I used to live in North Carolina where there was grass and trees everywhere and my allergies were really bad. But now that I live in a big city, Philadelphia, I'm kind of confused. Why is the pollen so bad? Where does it all come from?
2: So that's a really interesting question. So people have this kind of false knowledge that urban environments are free of pollen. And in fact, they're just as robust in terms of uh, presence of pollen in the areas, suburban and rural environments. Uh, And it's because that pollen is really wind uh, spread so that the source of pollen from any area can be as far as 200 miles away. So for instance, if you went offshore on a boat, 200 miles offshore and did a pollen collection, you would actually find pollen in the air. It's not because of any local grass growing in the ocean, right? Right. It's really from the the coastline distributing the pollen further out. So, we actually did a study years ago comparing the pollen counts in Center City, Philadelphia versus Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is about 20, 15 miles from uh, the center of uh, Philadelphia, and found that the pollen counts were actually pretty similar. And so... It's not surprising then, that people who live in the city are going to have the same issues as if they were living in the suburbs. And don't forget we have the one of uh, the largest uh, city parks in the country in Fairmont Park. And so uh, what's produced in Fairmont Park is really distributed throughout our region as well.:
1: Gotcha. That's super interesting. So it feels to me like this is a really bad year for pollen, but can you tell me just how bad it is in Philly this year?
2: So right now, it is really a particularly bad time for people who have seasonal allergies, particularly to spring pollen. And spring pollen season really is made up of two predominant kinds, trees, which start really early to mid-March. And we saw this year a earlier onset of the tree pollen season, mainly because of the warmer winter that we have had and also the global trend of a global warming, which has caused a earlier onset of uh, pollen production in uh, early March. And now, right now, we're kind of at a critical crossroads between the peak of the spring pollen season from the trees and now the onset of grass pollen, which uh, seems to uh, start around this time of year and stays in the air until mid-June. So for those who have pollen sensitivities to tree and grass, they're basically getting a double whammy of pollen in the air.
1: Oof, yikes. So you're saying there's a connection between allergies and climate change?
2: Yeah, and that's kind of the thought. And we've seen this uh, trend over the past 10 years. There was a study, for instance, that came out a couple of years ago that looked at the pollen counts in North America from 1990 versus uh, around 2015, I think the the year this study was reported. And there was basically a general trend where the spring pollen season started about 20 days earlier. Pollen in the air persisted further into the fall than what it was in 1990. And this is thought to be due to warmer temperatures, which stimulate plant growth and production of carbon dioxide from the burning of fossil fuels, all of which lead to more pollen production. And interestingly enough, uh, there seems to be an increase in the allergenicity of the pollen too. So,
1: Wait, the pollen is just extra irritating?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. There's some studies that show that um, there's actually an increase in the, the ability of the pollen to induce uh, allergic symptoms.
1: That's wild. Dr. Goldstein, can you just remind us, why does pollen cause allergies again?
2: Pollen is really the male seed for plant production. Think of it as the equivalent of a male sperm. So that's why it exists. And it is normally a harmless substance to most individuals. There's about 20-30% of people, though, who develop an allergy antibody to the pollen, to uh, what otherwise is a, a harmless substance, and that will induce a cascade of uh, reactions in the body that ends up producing symptoms of allergy. So if the allergic reaction occurs in the eyes, people get hay fever in their eyes, and they get itchy, watery eyes. And if this allergic reaction occurs in the nose, they get sneezing, itching, congestion, drip. If it occurs in the chest, people can cough, they can wheeze, develop asthma symptoms. If it occurs in the gut, people can develop nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea. Mm. If it happens in the skin, people can have reactions that can cause hives or eczema reactions. So depending on where the allergic response is, is where people will manifest uh, symptoms.
1: So Dr. Goldstein I was reading a little bit about how your group actually samples the air for pollen every day. Uh, Can you talk to me about what you're looking for and what you find?
2: We've uh, been looking and analyzing the pollen and mold and the air in Philadelphia for over 30 years. And the way the setup is now is we have a collection device on the rooftop of our building um, on North Broad Street, three blocks away from City Hall. There is a slide uh, in the collection device. Um, that gets an impact of the air. There's a picture taken of the material on the slide that's uploaded to a server. That server has a database of thousands and thousands of pollen grains, mold spores, and there's a matched uh, identification. So this allows us to identify exactly what's in the air real time. So this is not a count from 24 hours ago. This is what the pollen count is right now at 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. And people can now go to our website, center.com and get the pollen count for that day and use that to help plan activities.
1: Okay, so how can people use this information to plan their days?
2: Um, You know, there's certain times of the day where the pollen is worse, and so that's helpful to know. So that, you know, the early morning until about noontime is usually the worst time of the day for the pollen counts to be the highest. So if you can defer activities outside to the latter part of the day, you're going to be uh, assaulted with less pollen in the air for that given day.
1: Gotcha. And there's like a pollen newsletter you send out, right? People can sign up for for this right in their inbox.
2: Exactly. Uh, We do a broadcast email each day. It's a free subscription. People can go to our website, astrocenter.com, to see the daily count and subscribe to the uh, pollen service as well. We do this from uh, mid-March to mid-late October.
1: Okay, that's a good segue into my next question. You know, a lot of people are suffering with allergy symptoms right now. How long can we expect allergy season to keep going in our area?
2: So for the spring pollen season, this is probably going to last until the early to middle part of June. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're now coming off the peak of the tree pollen season, grass pollen will kind of peak around Memorial Day and stay in the air until about early June. And then there's kind of a lucid interval of pollen between mid-June when the grasses stop uh, till about mid-August when the weeds, and in particular ragweed, starts to uh, produce some misery for those people who are sensitized to the fall pollens. So
1: we're really looking at a few more months here if you're sensitive to multiple things in the air. Correct. And Dr. Goldstein, What's your advice for people with some of these really uncomfortable symptoms right now? What are some remedies for bad allergies?
2: The first thing I think is really to to make sure that's what you have, that you're not suffering from something else. Is this a, an acute cold? Sometimes acute cold symptoms can mimic allergy and vice versa. So you want to make sure you don't have an infection, a viral illness, a COVID infection. You want to make sure you don't have a problem in your sinuses. Sometimes sinus disease is related to upper respiratory allergies, um, but can be distinct in and of itself. So if you're confident in what you have are allergies because you've had the same pattern of symptoms this time of year, each year, and you're having sneezing, itching, and congestion, then chances are that's probably what you have and you can easily go to the pharmacy there's a wide variety of products that are available many of which were formerly by prescription but now they've made it on the shelf accessible to the public the problem is that there's so many choices and so you may be able to elicit the help of a pharmacist in making a choice or if you're not getting relief from what you're choosing then at that point in time it's really best to see a healthcare provider To really uh, be certain of the diagnosis and really have the best care directed specifically for your symptoms.
1: Dr. Mark Goldstein, allergist and immunologist with the Asthma
0: Center, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. It's
2: been my pleasure.
0: You can sign up for the Asthma Center's daily pollen count reading right in your inbox. We'll have a link in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro signed his first bill into law this week, forcing insurance companies to cover more breast cancer screenings for high-risk patients. According to Spotlight PA, the new law requires insurers to pay the full cost for genetic counseling, ultrasounds, and MRIs, among other treatments. This law change only applies to private, state-regulated health insurance plans. And NBC10 reports that the Philadelphia Parking Authority handed out over 3,000 tickets to drivers who didn't move their vehicles for street sweeping or who parked in bike lanes. Fines for street sweeping violations cost $31, while getting caught parking in a bike lane runs between $51 and $76. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. SEPTA will close 10 subway stations for weekend cleanings. Philly Voice reports that starting Friday, May 5th, select stops on the Broad Street and L Lines will stop service at 8 p.m. Trains will reopen 5 a.m. on Monday. Go to SEPTA.org and look for the Trip Planner tool. This will help you plan an alternative route during the deep cleaning sessions. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you, too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about seasonal allergies, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city.